Okay, our first speaker this afternoon doesn't need any introduction, but we're going to introduce him anyway. Dr. Mike Eden. For those of you who don't know, my question would be where have you been? <laughs> Michael's a scientific researcher and was Vice President of the drugs giant Pfizer. He has over 30 years of new medicine research and was a life sciences R&D leader. He co-founded a successful biotech and then was all set for his retirement adventure. And the universe said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Today, Mike's going to talk to you about your government is lying to, to you. Their intent is malign. Actively withdraw your consent now. Give it up for Mike. world to me. I've been speaking out for about a year, but seeing so many people who don't accept what they're being told is true. I'll be a bit louder now. Can you hear me now? Yep. So yes, I'm Mike Eden. I've got a degree and a PhD in biology, biochemistry, toxicology, pharmacology. So I do know my stuff in a narrow area. And so why am I speaking out? I noticed very early on that there were factual inaccuracies. You have to turn it up if you can. Factual, factual inaccuracies in what we were being told. Lies, in other words. And at first I thought there were just problems with testing, PCR testing. But actually, as the year has worn on, I've come to realise everything that you're being told. Please share this, is guys. Adjacent to the truth, or in exaggeration, it's not correct. So. I think I would like to start by saying, it may sound bizarre, don't be frightened of this virus. The government spent a year trying to terrify you. It's a fairly middling virus. It's not Ebola. It's a health threat, a serious health threat to people who are already very old and usually quite ill as well. It's not a health threat to someone even as antique as me. I'm 61. It's not going to kill me. And it's not going to kill any, almost no one else either. And yet they've got you fearful that your children are going to catch it and die, that pregnant women are going to catch it and die. It's all nonsense. So don't be frightened of the virus. It's middling. There are also very effective treatments out there, like hydroxychloroquinone, uh, inhaled steroids, uh, ivermectin, vitamin D. I would say it's probably the best treatable, most treatable viral disease I've ever come across. But you don't know this because the media has decided not to tell you anything and a lot of the medical profession have been prohibited from prescribing cheap and effective, safe, old generics. And I'm embarrassed. I spent my life in the pharmaceutical industry trying to make new drugs and I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of all of you in the medical profession allowing this to continue. Another thing to know about it is like other straightforward respiratory viruses, that once you've had it, you're immune to it. Don't let anybody tell you that, oh, maybe it'll wear off. No, that's why we're still here millions of years later. If it was true that you could have the same virus over and over again, 
we'd all be we all be dying of flu and colds and stuff all the time. So once you've survived it, which you nearly always do, 99.8%, you're immune. None of these variants are going to catch you out. You don't need to be vaccinated against a common and garden respiratory virus like this. So I say again. Respect the fact that when you are very old and very ill, something eventually will stop you reaching your next birthday. And that's going to happen to me too. And every one of the people in this crowd, I'm afraid we are in, in life, we are in death. This virus doesn't pluck young people and kill them. Um, it, it's people generally who are relatively old, older than me often, that they died at the same average age or even older than people who died of anything else. So that, that should, I think, alert lots of people to yep, the fact that he does misled. So don't be frightened of the virus. Is this better? Yeah. I'm sorry about that. So don't be frightened of the virus. What about the zoo variant? I'll come to that. <laughs> Even the Indian double triple mutant with a consistent Tony Lucas Salco. Don't worry about that either. So, but what you should be what you should be frightened of, I'm afraid to say, is our government, or rather perhaps the people advising the government. I actually don't know who's driving this. I'm not going to bother with any names. You know there are some names, but. I'm afraid the official position on everything that they tell you is not true. And that's awful. I'm born in Britain, English man, proud of my country, and I feel, again, what the hell has happened to my country over the last year? What are they doing? So I'm here because I'm simply not willing to just look the other way whilst what is the biggest crime in human history is underway. They have not finished with us, but we just need to decide we're not going to believe the lies anymore. We're going to be very peaceful and we'll withdraw our consent from this bullshit. Yes! The reason I'm speaking to you from a, a Victorian bandstand on a wet day <laughs> is because the media has decided that anyone who says anything counter to their story is somehow dangerous and needs to be censored. So you will have noticed there's no competing voices on any of the TV or radio stations with, with notable exceptions and then if anybody does have the cheek to speak out they will suddenly be declared as mad, anti-vaxxer, yep. um, disgruntled former employee or whatever else. Um, none of those things. I wanted to be retired but when this happened I, it's picked me so I'm here. <laughs> I'm going to step through some of the central narrative points because I, I want to be able to give you, if you need it, the information to persuade other people. Just ask them to listen for a moment while you describe that there's something you're being told that's not true. And ask them, if I could persuade you of that, something really central wasn't true, would you at least accept you should ask what else is not true? That's, I think, one way to do it. So we're told, I remember last year, new virus, you're all susceptible. No, it's nothing comes from nothing. It's a coronavirus. This is the seventh human coronavirus that we know about. Four of them cause common colds. But they don't tell you that, Fergus Walsh on the BBC. So, of course, because it's related to other viruses, a lot of you had a degree of immunity before it even arrived. 
if you were told that, you'd have been a lot less frightened, wouldn't you? I knew, I knew that in March. You know, just reading it in the literature. My, my favourite lie, because it's a bit like one of those, if you tell a really big lie long enough, people will believe it. You can transmit this virus to other people. You can be a respiratory health threat to other people, even though you've got no symptoms. Come on. I mean, honestly, I, I think it, it sort of breaks the sort of logic, doesn't it? We, the reason we can spot whether someone might give us a, a cold or a flu is because they've got symptoms. And I can tell you why that's certain. The, the, if you've got, in order to be a good infectious source that you can infect another person, you need to have in slang a lung full of virus. Because if you don't, you won't be able to emit enough to infect very many people. So if you're a good source, you'll be full of virus. If you're full of virus, you will have symptoms, no exceptions. It's attacking you. It's burning up the lining cells in your airways. Your immune system's fighting back, which is why you've got a temperature and a swollen throat. You have symptoms. So if you're an infectious source, you're ill. That's what we used to call it. And so the idea that you can infect other people with no symptoms at all, I would say it's somewhere between rare and doesn't happen. So, but once you knock that one out, asymptomatic transmission, then you don't need to be wearing masks, do you? You haven't got any symptoms. Why do you need a mask? Um, If you haven't got any symptoms and say you're not a health threat to others, why do you need mass testing? You don't, do you? You don't need that either. And if you can't be a respiratory virus health threat to anybody else, unless you've got symptoms, and if you did, you'd be home because you're ill, why do you need lockdowns? And the answer is you don't need any of these things to control even a more dangerous virus than this, because you can spot it if you're a risk because you're ill. It's as simple as that. PCR testing. If you've ever seen um, police procedurals in which a suspect has their DNA test done, um, well, that's the kind of science that this PCR test is. It's really, it's a clever technique, it's a really sensitive technique, it's a specialist laboratory uh, procedure. What, what is incredible, and I've never believed it, is that you could test hundreds of thousands of samples a day next to each other in the fume hood using somebody who's never worked in the lab before and oh, yeah. expect those Good results idea. to be reliable, <laughs> they're not reliable. If you showed a judge before the trial, uh, say you were the lawyer of uh, the accused, and you said, there's my, there my love, there's my uh, client's sample, and he'd go, what, in with those other 250,000 samples with the lids off? <laughs> and he would say, he'd say to the prosecution, you can throw that evidence out. You know, why? Well, because you've no idea whether there's any contamination and they do not measure the contamination. I tried really hard last summer to, to say every test has a false positive rate. Mr. Hancock, what is it? And he didn't know. And they've never told us what it is. I think the false positive rate is high enough that currently there are probably no cases in the community at all and there probably haven't been any for several months because they don't subtract this background rate. Welcome. Asked about variants. I've got I've got a good example for the variants. So people think that viruses oh, mutate um, yesterday and that they might change. Yeah, they do. And uh, then they think influenza or flu, and that changes. So you can see why you might need a top up. It's like a change to a new virus. So, but I think of it like this: 
the way they mutate is very different. Influenza undergoes something called recombination, where it swaps its shirt with one virus and its trousers from another. And so it's got its seven league boots on. It changes, it hops really quickly. And so in a year, it can change almost completely. And when, when it arrives again around the world, it literally does present... No bad virus, please, or leave. I've seen it before. That's not true with coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2. It does mutate a lot, but it's a lazy virus. It vibrates on the spot. Lots of movement, not going anywhere. So all of the variants are within 0.3% of the original. So if you think of it, if you put all the pictures of the variants on a screen and flick through them all, it would appear to just vibrate on the spot. Tiny, tiny changes. And, and so there's no chance whatsoever that your immune system, if you're immune, either through vaccination or because you've survived infection, there is zero chance that you're going to be susceptible to any variant. I defy any of the sage scientists or anyone in the medical community to come and dispute that, this with me. I've read more papers on human immunology over the last year than in the previous 25 years. So, I Guys, know. I've got 15% of battery. From a theoretical perspective and from a practical testing I'm sorry. perspective, there is no I've chance whatsoever Have you? that you need oh, to that's amazing, yeah. 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 Amazing. No chance whatsoever. So, what is it in those vials? I saw a news report three weeks ago saying... We're in Canterbury. And they were proudly saying we're, we're actually bottling a billion doses of variant vaccine. I think so, don't frightens the hell out of me. It cannot be uh, a vaccine. You don't need a third down. So what is in there? I don't know. Sorry, guys, what so you're saying. very important. Don't accept the lies about, about the variants. They've closed the borders based on the strength of these things. Do you have to turn it on or something? Uh, out. That's just complete bullshit. Thank you. Uh, viruses, the vaccines, variants arise spontaneously wherever the virus replicates. So it's just a stupid idea. It's like having, you know, six inches of water in your ground floor and then trying to close the close the doors to keep the water out. It's way too late. The virus is everywhere. It's endemic and at low levels. So then there are probably others, but the, the last um, major, major lie is that these new vaccines are safe and effective. Um, when I was last in a large drug company 10 years ago, we used mRNA knockdown technology as a lab technique. It's a really clever piece of science. Um, it was absolutely a million miles ready for prime time as a medicine. So I don't know what it is they think we've done in the last 10 years, but I passed through the literature and I could not see the big advances that must have been made from it being a lab technique 10 years ago to being something you can jab the world with now. So, you know, I don't know quite what they're doing, but I'm worried about it. In terms of effective, I'm not going to comment on it. I just don't think there's enough information for me to thumbs up, thumbs down. But in terms of, in terms of safety, we all know that the... UK yellow card system where people can report an adverse effect or the US vaccine adverse effect reporting system or bears. Both of them are showing this pattern that in the last four months more people have been reported to have died after vaccination against COVID-19 than after all of the other vaccines given in those countries for the last 13 years. Those are not, not my numbers, those are our government's numbers. 
you're not hearing about this on the media, are you? But they, I'm afraid, a small minority of people are dying. And I think quite a large proportion are getting serious adverse effects. And the one I know most about are blood clots, because with Dr. Wolfgang Vodarg, I put together a petition to the European Medicines Agency on the 1st of December last year. I'm sure the news reported that, didn't they? But we were very, very concerned about these types of molecules being, because we were concerned they were going to be used in everybody. Not exactly my readers, but we could work out what they were doing at this point. And we, we asked them to stay the development of these compounds until more safety information was available. But what we found out looking at the literature is that the spike protein, the sort of cartoon stick that you see sticking out of coronavirus, uh, which all the, all the vaccines cause your body to make, spike protein, unfortunately, is capable of triggering coagulation of your blood. And they knew that in about 2006 or so, there were experiments done after SARS, SARS-1 2003, and people have published papers, you can go and find them on Google Scholar. You put in SARS, spike protein, blood coagulation, or something like that, you'll be able to find the literature. So all the companies that have made these vaccines knew that when they chose to encode spike protein. And so I'd like to ask them if they, any of them would like to contact me, um, I do know some of them actually personally, um, would they like to have a chat about why they chose that, given as soon as I saw it as a toxicologist, I thought, oh my God, some people will get hmm? bigger doses than others, vaccine will whiz around your body and to deposit where it goes, and not require Six hundred and thirty. What if it was a new drug, because they classified it as a vaccine, the random page, they have no idea where it went. And what I think is happening is that some poor souls end up with more of it in one place than others. Then it might copy, make more, more copies of the spike protein in them than in others. Just normal human variation. And then if you add more sensitive blood clots than others, you end up with healthy young women with cerebral vein, sinus thrombosis and dead. And this is, this is just criminal. As soon as it has been realised that was what was happening, instead of monkeying about, they should have pulled... They should, and they should be pulled today. I am calling for the withdrawal of all of the experimental gene-based vaccines because they are not safe enough to use. And, this, and I'm ashamed of my, of my former industry. I'm really, I feel like I've been a dupe that I didn't see this stuff when I was in research. I loved my job. I, I really enjoyed doing research. But clearly there are some people in some of these com companies that don't think like normal human beings, not like me. So, thank you. So, so what, is, what, is, what is all this stuff about? Um, obviously, I don't know. Uh, I do irritate my family when they ask that question. And I, and I cheekily reply, it's not my crime. So actually, of course, I don't really know, but I deduce that since there was much talk about vaccine passports and lots of talk about top-up vaccines, I actually can't think of too many alternatives. So the, the vaccine passports, rubbish. Let's say I was a vulnerable person, chose to get vaccinated, had an okay reaction, I am now immune. I don't need to know whether any of you have been jabbed, I'm protected. So. Uh, this, there is no justification whatsoever, medically, scientifically, 
for vaccine passports. The only people who want you to have them are the people who will be operating the database that it will work on. So if, you're, if you all have a vaccine passport and you have to keep it to get into a supermarket or a museum or an aeroplane... I've got mine, Mike! If somebody wants to stop you, <laughs> they just need to turn your, your authority off. So vaccine passports database, I think, is the most tyrannical tool for totalitarian control. I would say, I would say this. I would say this. Even if everything that you've been told is correct, and even, and even if the vaccines were safe and effective, you should still not allow this electronic database to come into force because it will be misused. And my biggest fear is all of this charade is designed to get us onto a world's first digital identity system which will be used to control, to, pro to prohibit or require us to do things and then we'll end up being jabbed and I don't know this but I'm fearful that there's something in these top-up vaccines that will harm you and that's my fear that it's about at least control and possibly depopulation and so I can't save you they're not listening to me you can save yourselves we can do it together and I think the way we do it the way we do it is no longer to look away when somebody just lies into your face. Just very politely, whatever it is they're talking about, say, I'm sorry, that, that's simply not true. You know, and you have to keep saying that. And, and I know it's, it's such a journey for people who have followed what they've been told. And I do know it's an unbelievably painful experience to, to realise you have actually been lied to. People around here, thank you for being here. If you can each persuade you're welcome. Two people, and each of those people could persuade two people. It doesn't take very long before the government doesn't have enough supporters, even passively. And, and we are going to gently, peacefully push them back because this isn't this isn't going to be over in a few weeks or a few months. I think they'll probably be at it for years. So deep breath. You've got lots of time to win then. You'd, because people never go the other way. If you persuade someone, when you just point out the stuff about symptoms, no symptoms, and then transmitting the infection. You can go and, you can go and search. There are no papers this showing is Canterbury. any kind of frequency and so on. Uh, and the variated vaccine, um, the variant stuff. There's loads of literature that shows that when someone's immune, their T-cells recognise all the variants because they're so similar. That's the way it works. So every time you convert someone and you get them to think, oh my god, we have been misled, or worse. They never go back the other way. So we just keep collecting people, keep collecting people, keep collecting people. So, I guess before I try and stop, it's an invitation really. You may have come in family groups, or on your own, or a couple of people. Just a suggestion, before I stop, I'm going to ask you to take 10 seconds to look to your left and, and then 10 to your right. Try and catch the eye of someone you didn't come with. Kind of nod at Hi. them and then when you're finished, go and have a chat. I'm going to try and glue you together. So 10 seconds, look into your right or left and just try and eyeball someone you didn't come with. You think, okay, I could probably go and speak to that person afterwards. <laughs> and then you've done your 10 seconds, so whiz your head round and then try and catch the eye of someone on the other side. And then you, there you go, you've got, you've got two new contacts.
contacts to try and say hello to. Sorry. 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 Oh God, yes, in fact, I'd written it, I'd written it in red and I had, yeah, so I was going to say a bit about the vaccine safe and effective and I said I just don't think they should be used at all anymore. The things that should, anyone who's, who, who's half persuaded, they're on, they're on the fence, maybe they're being told the truth, maybe not, just point out to them, whenever in history did we take an experimental medicine and jab it into pregnant women and we have not done reproductive toxicology the answer is never you're welcome never never how about someone who's i don't know 25 or 29 in perfect health you know um did you know that the uh, that influenza is a slightly bigger risk to kill people like that than sars-cov-2 i mean they're both remote possibilities but Influenza is slightly more dangerous to this healthy 25 or 29 year old, but they don't get vaccinated against flu. Why not? Because the risk is too small to bother to reduce it. Well, it's even less than with this virus. So why would you risk it? Save so you of that ilk, please, I'm pleading with you, do not get vaccinated for non-medical reasons. Don't get vaccinated so you can go on holiday. Don't get vaccinated so you can go on the pub. Don't get vaccinated so you can hug your granny. She's already vaccinated. <laughs> and then here's the here's the last the last few. Um, this is just so awful. There are clearly in, intentions to vaccinate our secondary school children, oh. 11 to 18. No, you, I, I honestly, uh, I, I would strongly suggest. Revolution! You know they've changed the regulations so they're allowed to consent at younger ages. I can't remember what the age is, like 13 or something. That's just appalling. And just to show you that it isn't a theory, this conspiracy, it's a real conspiracy. The week that the law was changed in Westminster, the Children Act, they lowered the age of self-consent by several years without telling you and not reporting it on the media. I found a friend of mine in America, Washington, made the same change the same week by sheer coincidence. You have to be a coincidence theorist to believe that that's just happening by randomness. So that's the secondary school children. They will come for your primary school children as well. Now, I think I'm correct in saying that in the UK, no previously well child, I think under 13, got the virus and died. The, the, some that were already ill, unfortunately, were carried away. But no previously well child caught the virus and died. Why would you vaccinate 10 million children? And the answer is for a reason that's got nothing to do with viruses. So go and persuade your sceptical or your, your inherent uh, friends and colleagues. They've really got to wake up about this bit about children, pregnant, pregnant women, and then minor children. I'm just terrified that we're sleepwalking into, a, into an absolute disaster. At the moment, at the moment, we can still, I feel a bit this way, your old life is this close, right? You can just about touch it. But if we wait a few more months, it's gonna recede forever. 
you will not be able to get back from a vaccine passports database. Once a, a digital ID is in place, it'll be like one of those ghastly sci-fi novels. So really, I, I urge you, not just for me, not just for my family and grandchildren as well, but for you and yours, you've got to find a peaceful, thoroughly effective way of persuading a few more people each. That's all it takes. A few courageous conversations each. If you can do that, I think the government will simply not have that sort of passive support that it needs for us to sleepwalk into, into the gates of hell, because we're standing in front of the gates of hell. I'm not religious, but I have to say I've, I've felt recently that the forces of rationality that I live by for all of my life are no longer working. Let me know if you want to charge And when you haven't got what rational decision-making, what have you got left? Faith. Whatever yours uh, is, you know, use Murray. it and go and persuade other people to pull us out of this dive and let's rescue people democracy. Thank you. Thank you.